Panther time. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. It's your boy, Ricky, a.k.a. Dick Chuck. I just realized I didn't open the can, like, in the camera. I opened it still on the... They heard it. Okay. Um, a.k.a. Dick Chuck, the man behind the... A.k.a. the man behind the can. <laughs> there it is. I, I did that to myself. I was like, oh, I'm going to throw did. it in because I'm thinking too much about the fact that I opened this can, not how I usually do it. No, it's over here. Here's ours with my conversation accomplice <laughs> with the hunch about was there. Travis. What is cracking fizzle fiends? Welcome back to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. And as always, we are stoked that you are here. Sure. And as you can tell, we're back in our places. Uh, this one, we figured it was a little easier to record on the Zooms. So we're back on the Zoom. So you can see us on the YouTube. No shitty stock footage, um, which was way too big. I was downloading some huge files. Anyway, uh, but we have a pretty interesting band this week. We're talking to another band, a local band called Memory Lame. Yeah. So when you see them booking shows, which places are doing now, go check them out. Say what's up. Tell them to listen to the show. Yeah. It seems like they're going to be playing some shows around the Worcester area in the near future. But why listen to us tell you when they can tell you yourselves? And they can Check tell you themselves, whatever. Listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. Handsome, awesome. Black shirts around. This is the way we do things. What is oh, yeah. crack and fizzle fiends? This week on the show, we are talking to memory lame. Phil, Ron, Joey, thank you for joining us, guys. Thank yeah. you, guys. Going on, guys. Happy Sunday. Yeah, Memorial Day Eve. Yeah. Second yeah. Saturday. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Very true. So- it feels so weird having nothing to do tomorrow morning. Yeah. Great. I feel like I've got a lot of stuff, but I can't think of it right now. So exactly. <laughs> we'll see what, what happens tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's tomorrow's problem. Yeah. Nailed it. As of right now, we're sitting here talking about Seltzer and Worcester and your guys' plan for getting back out and playing music. I'm sure you guys are all itching to play again. Oh yeah, we're we're dying. Like it's just been so, you know. We've just been itching to play since like COVID and the shutdown and everything. So, because you guys were we going pretty hard like, before, right? What's up? You guys were like going pretty hard with like shows before. Yeah, there was a period where we were playing like one, sh- like like a show like once every other week or once a week. Like it was pretty, pretty crazy for yeah. yeah. For- it was a it was a lot to keep track with because like one week we'd have like Rouse or the Vernon and then like we we did a lot of the collective club shows, um, you know, a lot of the basement shows too. So nice. Yeah. Cool. So what I guess we'll start from the beginning. How did you become a band? <laughs> Ron, you want to take do- this? Or, uh, want me to get it? Yeah, you, you go for it. All right. Um, so I would say late 2018. Um, I met Ron through just the scene and through friends. Um, and I was in a separate band at the time and 
uh, our first couple of shows, we just needed openers and, um, through friends, new Ron, I'm like, we're like, Oh, do you want to like open up solo for us? And he was like, yeah, yeah. So he, our first show, he opened up for us solo. And then I was like, Oh, I, I messed around on drums. Like if you want to next show, you want to open up again, I'll play drums for you. And then learn some songs that he already had a couple covers. And then, um, it went really, it went better than we thought. So we were just like, Oh yeah, like we'll keep it going. Started yeah. out playing and then, um, writing shit together and then, uh, needed a bass player. Um, you know, we, we had put a four song EP by, I would say March of 2019, right? Maybe February, 2019. And we just, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, we just met Phil like through the scene, through friends. Like he hit us up. He's like, Oh yeah, I'm totally down to, you know, jam. And Phil showed up to our first full band practice and learned the entire four song EP ready to go. Like just by listening to it. And like we played for, I think like the first half hour and Phil went to the bathroom. I was just like, uh, Ron, he's in. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Um, I knew Phil through like the music scene. Like when I was playing drums for, um, this other band that I was in, uh, before we came up with this band, uh, strange love. I mean, we had like kind of a small following back in, I think it was 2015 we started playing, but, uh, Phil was in this band Husks super cool everybody like was multi-instrumentalist and like they'd play a few songs and then everybody would switch instruments and I was like that's so cool and then like I just kind of awesome. saw him throughout the scene and stuff and then like he just hit me up on Facebook one day and he was like yo I saw you were looking for a bass player I was like yeah come on down <laughs> yeah it was like me me and a, a group of friends kind of moved to Worcester I think it was like 20 20- 14 or something like that or maybe, maybe early in that 2013 um and then we were all friends and we all we were on a band together which was us which uh ron mentioned so we've been playing for a while i think it did that at that point when i was looking at um memory lame stuff it was like i think we had kind of cooled by then um but yeah yeah ron just had a facebook post and like it had a the songs were good it had a cool like ren and stimpy kind of art aesthetic to it nice. so uh you know caught my eye and uh yeah we just really clicked and been rolling ever since there you go. So how many shows? All right. So you guys got together. Did you play a bunch of shows and then record stuff? Or like, did you know you're going to record right off the bat? Um, so we had like everything written. Um, you know, we had our set list and everything. And like at, at one point, I feel like after playing some shows, we were like, oh shit, like we have an album, you know? Yeah. So then we went to the studio. What was it? Ron, was it summer? No, fall of 2019. Yeah, fall. So uh, real quick, uh, we might have just blazed by this, but Memory Lame, that's an interesting band name. How did... Yeah. I find band names fascinating. Like the horrible band names that we've all been through and you always end up on one. How do you get to that one that you decide on is the one that you want to use? So it's actually kind of funny. I was falling asleep one night and it just like kind of popped into my head, like memory lame. And I was just like, that's kind of funny. And it, it make a good band name. So I just wrote it down on my phone, totally forgot about it until like me and Joey started jamming. And he was like, what should we call ourselves? And I was like, Oh wait, I have this written down. And then uh, I was like, let's call ourselves memory lame. And he was like, Oh, memory lane. Yeah. That's kind of cool. And then I was like, no lame as in like, that's lame. And he was like, Oh, I like that so much more. <laughs> yeah. 
you first said it and I was like, I remember I heard Lane and I'm like, yeah. dude, I don't know. That's kind of cheesy. Like, uh, like I said, we sound like a dad cover band. And like, <laughs> I, and then you said lame. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. Like that's, yeah. Okay. That's cooler. <laughs> the name is so hard though. I swear it's like harder than writing music because it's, yeah, so, yeah. it's such a heavy identifier and it's with you for eternity. Um, yeah. And it's like, you refer to it always. And it, if it sounds stupid, you just feel like an idiot every time you say it. Yeah. And, and the more people- like, yeah. Exactly. And like, or people, they'll be like, wait, your name is what? Your name is butthole surfers. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I feel like, I feel like names that like make you ask it again, kind of stick into your brain a little more. Yeah. It's like, wait, what was your name? You know, you kind of like, the more you say it, the more it sticks. Okay. I don't know. I go back and forth and whether or not like a band. Say that again. Hoobastank? Hoobastank. Well, exactly. There you go. Well, I mean, they all come from somewhere. I named a band off of the everybody's initials and somebody misread it one time and they asked if it said Tripset and we were a rap rock band and we're like, yeah, that's what we're calling ourselves, Tripset. Like it. My buddy Matt called this band Flip Four. And uh, just like Phil's saying, they fucking hated their name at the end and they would like, almost regret telling people what their band name was and they opened up for uh story so far some other like decently named show and they were like ah do do we have to put our logo on this thing (laughs) yeah back to talking about like our previous bands and stuff like the band i was in um we were called dead center and like everybody thought we were a grateful dead cover band and that was not the case at all (laughs) like you know what i mean which is totally you know i don't blame anybody yeah you know for saying for thinking that so but i was like ah shit i'm yeah, like, gonna think that so many of the good names are already taken so oh, you, absolutely you know, but it's like how many how many bands exist that are named like the shadows like i'm yeah. sure there's like 50 <laughs> silence across the globe yeah yeah I was in a band that we really thought it was a good idea to call ourselves uh, SIDS, Sudden Infantile Death Syndrome. That lasted for two days until somebody's mom found out and made us change it. <laughs> we were so hard. I was in a cover band for like three minutes. <laughs> um, and our name was Cussie and the Wreckers because our drummer's name was, his last name was Cussie and he was a tow truck driver. So we were like, this is a great idea. That's a great <laughs> name. It was. It was pretty epic. Well, because you know people misread it as Pussy Wreckers. And yeah, it said his name wrong all the time. So I was like, Kusi. And it just, it was not. Yeah. So that was it. All right. I know you guys were playing a bunch before quarantine, but you were continuing playing through quarantine, right? Didn't you put out some kind of special thing, some special tape thing? Um. So we played, uh, well, we, released our album uh during the summertime uh, like and um i mean people listen to it thank you for listening um (laughs) but yeah um that was kind of like our big release being like hey don't forget about us and then like we were able to play uh one show at ralph's outdoors um and i think what was it august Mm. yeah yeah so the most we've done as far as like yeah well like, we also we also did a live stream i don't remember mm-hmm. exactly what I forgot about, yeah um, that was early on i think that was before yeah. the show 
Yeah. Um, I want to say that was like April or May. And then we did that outdoor show at Rouse in like August. Yeah. So that early into, or a live stream that early into COVID. Yeah. We, uh, we, we kind of like just really missed playing. We, we all like took, you know, safety precautions. Yeah. Safety precautions. We, we didn't get together for, I think, two to almost three months prior. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point, I think like, we, for our first practices, we were taking, you know, the week or two to quarantine before we met up to practice, stuff like that. But yeah. And then we just got like a couple of friends that had like some video experience and we had them um, stop by uh, our practice space and just, you know, just normal filming of us doing our normal, normal mm-hmm. stuff in our normal zone. Um, but it was definitely, it was refreshing to be able to actually kind of perform after like months of months of stagnation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So it was good to have that option. It was a kind of a fun thing to do too. Cause like yeah. nothing, nothing, I don't think any of us had ever done that uh, sort of dynamic before the live stream. Mm. And our, our friend who ended up recording that for us or helping us out with that was uh, Christy who's in the band clock out. Oh. Yeah, oh, so yeah, we're good buddies, good buddies with them. We played a couple shows with them. So he's uh, actually, yeah. uh, he's actually kind of like one of our go-to guys as far as like photography and like, I mean, we're going to start doing more uh, video work with him, but uh, mm-hmm. he took like our promo pics for, for the album that we put out and uh, the headshots that are on the front of our album. He took those and I just like edit them to hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love mm-hmm. how like everybody's yeah. kind of in on everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a really nice community to be a part of. Like, yeah. You know, always been. Did you guys grow up in Worcester? (laughs) I was just going to tangent. It's fine. (laughs) Sorry. So did you guys grow up like going to shows in Worcester? Like prior to to playing? Not really. No, I was always kind of just like a homebody. I always just like kind of stuck to my, kept to myself. I'd write music myself and like put it up online, but like never share it. And then, um, it wasn't until like I moved back home from college where I was like deciding like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to go out and see like what Worcester has to offer. I've lived here my whole life. I might as well like see what the local music scene is. And like at that point I was trying to get into bands and stuff. So I, uh, that's kind of like where I started. I would like go to like DIY venues, like distant castle firehouse, um, the shop when it was still around. And, um, yeah, that's how I like, got into like the whole diy punk scene okay oh yeah yeah and then like, so you're not from around here right no. you moved to Worcester. yeah yeah i'm originally from connecticut oh, um, which is really fucking boring and there's nothing going on there culturally what um part? what part did you escape um i'm i'm in northern connecticut granby connecticut it's like right on the border between mass and uh, i worked i worked in east granby for a while i'm oh, no from shit. i'm from watertown which is down by waterbury yeah, yeah, yeah. So that place on 84 that always backed up no matter where you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Two, I was on 290 when I'm coming back home. Respect. Um, but East Granby is like the shittier Granby. I feel bad for you, my friend. But um, I worked in a, I worked in a strip mall behind the airport. Oh, I, I printed, I printed billboards. <laughs> um, yeah, but so Connecticut sucks. There's nothing out there. Um, so I just went to, I went to college in Boston and there was, you know, there's definitely a, a, a live you know music diy scene there with like you know just those random bit like box for gay gardens that kind of thing 
Um, and then after that, just moved to Worcester since it was cheaper. And, you know, like Ron said, uh, kind of there's some longstanding collectives here, like the firehouse, I think is the longest one and distant castle has also been here for a long time. Um, Where's Castle? I've heard of that, but I'm not, I've never been. Yeah, I don't I feel like the punk rule that you don't say the address. <laughs> oh, you de- oh, oh, okay. It's, oh, it's like a it's <laughs> not a castle. <laughs> um, that's not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> Much like Shwarma Palace is in a palace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I dig it. But you know, I respect that, Ron. Uh but yeah, it is cool that there these collectives are out there and that I don't I, I hope to hear that they're coming back. I haven't heard mm-hmm. any. I know some yeah. one of them changed hands. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, one of uh, one of my favorite ones that we did was um, it's called uh, the the Go Go, right, guys? Yeah. Uh, um, that was I think that was one of the cooler ones we played because we played with a couple just bands on tour. Like we, there was this one band um, called Juniper Douglas, and they were from like Midwest, and they had like their own like redone school bus, painted purple. Like they had a dog with them, like. There's these five dog? people. Yeah, yeah. They had a dog on the bus. There's five people living on the bus. And they were just so cool and weird and put on an awesome show. It was like, you know, a farmhouse garage show. Um, you know, they and reminded, I just they reminded me a lot of Sonic Youth. Uh yeah, yeah. Not only was it like just like visually, like it 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 wasn't like, you know, just auditory like music, but yeah. like mm. they it like a performance, like visual, visual art too. Like that's cool. Mm. Yeah, it, it takes care of really the dog. Merch the guy. Dog. It, yeah, I think it was just their dog, and they just yeah. like they just lived with them on the bus. It it plays tambourines, Ricky. They <laughs> tape a tambourine to its tail, and it just shakes it in the back on stage. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it the depends on the show. set. If they're doing a good set, it'll wag more. But if they're bombing, the dog will actually go hide. If you need <laughs> if you or if you need barks, if you need barks, he's your. And there's oh actually God. there's a a metal band called K Ninus, and their uh, lead singer is a dog, and he just barks into the mic, and that's it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Do they have? I don't believe they have live performances. Do they? I don't see. I've seen studio work. I would I would love to see him live though. The dog's probably freaking out. I would love to see how they can pull that shit off. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have right. weird bands. Go ahead. Going back to when you guys first started jamming together, you mentioned you guys did a couple covers. Do you mm-hmm. remember what they were? Yeah, we did a handful oh, of them. Well, yeah, we we did a whole bunch of them. Um, uh, I think that first me and you played together, Joey. Um, we we did some oddball covers. We did um, uh, "Levitate Me" by the Pixies, which is like mm-hmm. off their first EP, "Caribou." Um, and then we did "Excitable Boy" by Warren Zevon. Okay, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another another fun thing, just as a background for the three of us, is one of the coolest thing, and I think it works well with our communication. Is we're all multi musicians like we all don't just play one thing yeah like you know like ron was the drummer in his old band i was a singer and guitar player in my old band phil i uh, was singer guitar and drummer in his old bands so like we can kind of give each other advice and words of wisdom of when we're writing and like like oh like i think that sounds cool but try doing this vice versa with everybody um but like with the covers going too like we did um 
the Pixies classic, where is my mind? And like Ron goes on drums and I sing and play. Oh, nice. And we, we, you know, it's it just, it makes the whole band scenario work. Well, it's a, but. Have you ever listened to good old war? Or sounds familiar. Uh, is Anthony green from circus of vibe. It's like his touring backup band. Oh, okay. Um, but they all play like different instruments. So throughout like a single set, they'll all like one of them will play drums, one of them will play guitar, one will do keyboards, whatever. Mm. Yeah, that's right. You guys can do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other covers we've done. Like uh, we did Mongoloid by Devo. Um, mm. And without hats, we did Safety Dance. Uh, <laughs> that was fun. I enjoyed the hell out of that one. That's so, awesome. We, we bombed. <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> We played it. We were we were like just trying to like find like another like three minutes to fill our set, and we were like, "Oh, let's do safety dance. That's a great song." <laughs> and so I learned the uh, keyboard part on guitar, or I half learned it on guitar, and then we went to go play the show, and I was like stumbling all over the place. Couldn't that's remember awesome. the lyrics because like that song's like I think five minutes long, but we were just trying to shorten it. But yeah. <laughs> It was uh, not not a good performance on our end, or on my oh, end, I should say. Probably one of the better covers we do that we still bring back is um, Modest Mouse. Uh, which one is it, Ron? Yeah, that one's interesting because it's really, it's a strange song. Like, it's, it's very non-linear and yeah. just like long swells of silence and then, or not silence, but long like, it's very build and, you know, build and release kind of thing. Um, and it's not like first chorus, first chorus. It's like, you know, it's kind of a journey, you know, it's not just like a, a familiar structure to everything. So that's something where you kind of got to be locked in, locked in on. Mm. But it's a, that kind of makes it one of the more interesting ones to do though. Challenging from like, personally, that was challenging for me and as a cover and just to learn, I feel like that just made me learn and be better as a drummer, honestly. So just like, you know, you don't want to have all those songs that are verse, chorus, verse, chorus. So you have like two verses, two choruses, a bridge, chorus, you know, mellow part bridge, you know. Yeah, I mean, drums in particular can be very easy to just fall into a pattern of like just hi-hat on the verse, switch to the ride for the chorus, back mm-hmm. to the back to the hi-hat, back to the, you know, back to the ride. So, yeah, you know, it, it's songwriting that is different definitely helps push you towards more creative parts. Absolutely. Yeah. The Modest Mouse is a, a wild one to approach as a cover. Mm. Yeah, I wanted something that, like, this is, like, kind of my approach as to, like, figuring out what covers to do is, like, I want to do songs that, like, people aren't really all that familiar with. Yeah. Because they'll be like, oh, what song is that? And then we'll, like, announce it at the end of the song or whatever, and people will be you know they might check out that band or they might do a deeper dive into a band that they already know i'm just trying to expose people to more music i i that's all i really am (laughs) i'm into it so now that we're like you know on the other side i guess of covid where where are we going next where's memory lane playing or looking to play or um, so like uh, I said, we, we have like a couple, couple shows in the works. Um, uh, we're trying to do one early July and another one early August at Ralph's just cause 
with Worcester, it's kind of like our best bet. And, yeah. you know, it's like the spot to play for like our type of music. Um, so we have a lot of, you know, we've, we've played a lot of shows and know a lot of local other local bands, um, that we can play with. So we're looking that, um, and then, yeah, we'll just kind of see what we can do. We'll, you know, it's really week by week, day by day. With yeah, all. We, haven't, we haven't been on tour yet. So that's something we were also looking at, you know, probably yeah. just like something, something local, you know, a nice mm-hmm. little coast, you know, a couple dates, long weekend or something like that. Just do the weekend warrior shit touring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense if you haven't started to build the name, especially mm-hmm. these days with the way the internet works. But yeah, do, do the weekend warrior shit, man. You could make, there were dudes when I was back in bands that were having national release that we're doing the weekend warrior shit every every just uh, a hardcore band death before dishonor like that dude i forget what label they were on but they were getting some pretty decent name recognition but they were all kept nine to five day jobs throughout the week and then friday through sunday they were gigging Mm -hmm. so you don't lose everything i mean it's rock and roll music i mean there's only so much money until there's money yeah Yeah. and that with a lot of the collective shows too like um we've met touring bands but like we kind of had an idea what we wanted to do like the long weekends um like we've met a band from albany brooklyn um bangor maine you know we were going to do like kind of just a a northeast you know new england type of style go down to philly you know but it would most likely be a collective show yeah 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 so many opportunities and that's the other thing i love about like again the local scene and the way the internet works these days Mm. is that between show trades between just like looking at somebody else's schedule where the fuck are these dudes playing all right i could find a promoter if i find the venue i could find Mm -hmm. the promoter that's doing my show night it just Mm -hmm. makes it all a lot easier it's fucking chasing down information on the internet but you could book an entire show in your bedroom in a night or sorry entire tour in your bedroom in a night yeah mm. that's the only thing that i really like about the internet right now <laughs> oh dude i it's how i would book all of our shit back when i was in the band and it was through myspace and it was just hitting up promoters and then finding out who the hell was going to have the show who you know who's paying who's actually paying a guarantee i fucking never sell tickets again if i ever play music again i'll never sell tickets like Oh, here's 20 tickets. If you sell it, you'll get 50 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can yeah, eat my I'm... entire asshole now for free. Pay <laughs> <laughs> to play bullshit. It's it's always just like, oh, we're gonna make money off these like dumb kids. <laughs> like they they can't sell these fucking tickets and they they don't know it, but it comes you know. to a certain point. Like I can understand from the venue's perspective. Um, there's a venue in New Haven called Toad's Place, but the way they used to do it is they Love would just Toad. give the coupons and that gave somebody two dollars off and then if enough people use that used your coupon to come in to get a little bit less money you would get name recognition you would get asked back but you didn't have to give the venue any money there were other places where you'd have to you'd basically buy your tickets ahead of time okay Mm. so that's what i'm thinking of i'm i was thinking of like the places that like make you buy tickets yeah. I hate that stuff. Fuck that That's shit. So Pyramid yeah. scheme or concert? Yeah, right. <laughs> but again, from the venue's perspective, like they must have gotten burned by so many bands that don't understand the value of marketing and doesn't understand that this whole music is a is an industry. This there's, there's more to it than just getting up on yeah. stage. And it doesn't matter how well you think your songs are written if you haven't told anybody about it. Nobody's going to mm. be there except the other bands. Yeah, and their girlfriends. Yeah, significant others, I should say. 
And one, one thing that I love about us too, is like, you know, from so far, you know, yeah, making some money off a show is awesome, but the exposure is the number one thing for us getting our music out there, like playing a show and that, you know, like having just a stranger or someone you've never met come up to you afterwards and be like, Oh, you guys kicked ass. Like that was awesome. Like let's have a beer and hang. It's like, that's the best feeling. That's rad. You know, that's, that's the best part of it. So personally, Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just saying back to that community, like we're all in it together. So it's like, Mm. Yeah, I kind of want. I'm kind of want someone to be after a show, just be like, "Hey, you fucking sucked ass." I'm glad you <laughs> that would be yeah. kind of I want to tell a band that I thought they had a shitty set, good set again, just kind of <laughs> casually. You know what I mean? That's like the if, if you hear good set, that's the bare minimum. <laughs> I forgot who said it. I was just listening to a podcast recently, and the, they opened up a show, and it was like the greatest compliment he ever got it was the the band they opened for the guitarist walked by he goes fuck you fuck you fuck you fuck you he's like oh that was the greatest feeling i've ever gotten in the entire world <laughs> oh man i would love that compliment because now you got to go play to a show that you just killed the entire room and now yeah. that's awesome so that makes me laugh that's the beautiful thing about the music industry mm. trying to um, think if there's ever been a show that i've been to where the openers like completely blew the headliner out of the water i could think of a show it was uh g love and i fucking love g love but they had this local band uh, it was like rise they're like a boston-based funk rock band and i want to say it's like eight or nine piece band and they just blew this band out of the water and then g love comes on with a two-piece three-piece band like just completely subdued, lost all the energy in the room. Um, and it just, oh, we left. We left two songs into G Love because people just really? kept talking over them. It sucked. Oh, I saw, I saw like Four Year Strong and Take It Back Sunday open for Blink 182, like two tours after Blink got back together the first time. Yeah. Um, Skiba or pre Skiba? The, it, it was actually the last Blink. I think it was the last Blink tour before Skiba. Okay. And then Blink sucked. I love, and I'm like the biggest Blink fan. Yeah. I still fucking love that band. But like Four Year Strong was real, was good. Um, and then Take Your Back Sunday was just easily the best band of the entire night. It was unbelievable. Mm. And then Blink came on. I was like, oh, this is cool, but like, it's not as good as Take Your Back Sunday, mm. <laughs> who I don't like anywhere near as much as Blink. Mics are for swinging or singing, not swinging. <laughs> so just talking about exposure and finding new ways to get your music out there. Have you guys adapted it for new media yet? Like, are you looking to either sell it to uh, license it and try to find, you know, money that way or potentially put it on TikTok or any of those type of platforms? It's funny. The distributor that we put like our music up online through uh, automatically put it on tiktok and i randomly downloaded tiktok the other day went through like the music and i saw our music on there and i was like oh that's weird and i was like did anybody use it (laughs) and we have like a few people who have used it and i'm like oh this is cool that's so so sick yeah but it's like not taken off it's only like there's only like four songs with like one play each so still yeah but uh, i uh I don't, it's like, I don't have TikTok. Like, it's like, we had Vine. I felt like, like, that was like, 
but for me, yeah. but nah. I'm telling I was- you guys, if you ain't adapting, you dying. As a 35 year old man, I had Friendster, I had MySpace, I have, mm-hmm. I had it all, and I have yeah. a TikTok because it's just where media is right now. It's where the yeah. eyeballs are. Yeah, it's we got so everything funny. else. Like we got our Facebook, Instagram, but also yeah, moms then, from Facebook come rock out at your show, so that's something. That, absolutely. Oh yeah, that's all right. Yeah. They're welcome too. <laughs> Why not? Music's for everybody. Yeah, yeah. We got to get some NFTs going. Maybe some some there crypto. The little memory lane crypto going. <laughs> Legit. I mean, it's just everything needs to be considered. It's how you're making money on the digital waves these days. Yeah. yeah. Spider leg coin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ML coin. Lame, lame coin. I'm the sure lame it coin. That's a great one. Ooh. Yeah. I'll get that started for next week. <laughs> it will be literally hundred airs. So yeah. you you only have some local shows booked. Do you have any spots in mind where like you'd really like to play this summer? We'll say. Uh, I mean, like, have you ever played a show in Brooklyn? Brooklyn was a lot of fun to play. No, I mean, I think we would do pretty well in like New York, Brooklyn area. I feel like that whole like kind of town, or I don't know, is it a town? Is it a city? What is it? Like city Brooklyn? of Brooklyn. Yeah. Okay. Brooklyn's a borough uh, of borough. New York City. So it's like a yeah. city within a city. Yeah. So right. Did I get that right. Is that, uh, yes. is that right? Okay. It's a, it's a part of yeah. It's a city. <laughs> city in Brooklyn. So I'm just gonna call it a city. But yeah, I feel like that whole city has just been like, I don't know, hipster paradise. Like everything is just like you're, you're kind of like taken back in time. Like old kind of music is like kind of cool there, and like I feel like we have like kind of like that old sound. I mean, it is technically classic rock now right grunge that's not what they're calling it are is that what I mean, you guys yeah. call it? you call it grunge i would think garage rock but i could hear grunge so, too yeah it's it's definitely got like grunge like influences i don't i mean i'm i'm not a huge fan of calling it grunge because like what is really grunge i mean there's like Says the guy in a flannel shirt yeah you have, <laughs> you have uh uh Soundgarden, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, they all sound totally different from each other. So it's like, what is that? But um yeah, I mean I, I like to say experimental, like whenever we or like noise rock, I feel like we fit that kind of yeah. umbrella. We we get like like I said, like when people come up to us and you know just saw us or whatever, like people we're not just like friends with. Like I always tell people like as far as my opinion, it's like Pixies, Nirvana, Sonic Youth. And then, like, we'll cover the we'll cover Nirvana once in a while, and like, people like like love it. They're yeah. like, "Oh shit!" Like these guys are like, "Oh, like uh, cover more Nirvana." Blah, blah, blah. Like, ah, <laughs> fuck. But yeah, that you know, I love me Nirvana, but it does change though. I mean, we definitely started more towards you know just to use those three examples more towards the Nirvana, and and now we're more of a Sonic Youth flavor. Yeah, you know, right, right. kind of the evolution of it. Um, it's kind of gone that way. I I, I kind of wanted to make that change because as as much as I love Nirvana, I don't want to be like in their shadow. If yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And so I feel like Sonic Youth, there there's so much music there where like they have like so many different sounds and but like it's still like Sonic Youth. 
uh, where you can kind of like take that and like adapt it to anything. So I, I, that's what I'm trying to do with like the new music that we're writing. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sonic Youth, it's more about, it's like the sound, it's like the sound of it is like, you're hearing weird sounds and like guitar, you know, parts and, and like, uh, effects and shit. Whereas like Nirvana is like, this is the song, like the song ship, like the songwriting and the, the melodicism is really what makes it. So that's much more self-contained. You're like, you can't, you know, uh, like it's much easier to get a Sonic Youthy kind of like, I don't know, vibe or tone just because that kind of sound is a distinctive part of their music as, as opposed to Nirvana, which is much more about the craft. Mm. I don't think I've ever really got into sound like Sonic Youth. I just remember like being a little kid and be like, Nirvana fucking rules. And that was like <laughs> the extent. And then as I got older, the only grunge thing I listened to was Pearl Jam. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's funny too with the, the Nirvana thing. It's like, like their influences were Sonic Youth and the Pixies. So yeah. it's to follow that, and you know, love all three. You know, but it's just it's interesting how it works out with yeah. our sound and all that. But oh yeah, I used to hate categorizing or putting things Sonic in genres. Youth. But yeah, yeah. So when people asked the band I played, and I would tell them that we played classical music. <laughs> it wasn't classical but it just felt right everything everything you just described to a radio station is calling out alternative anyway so yeah yeah i mean everyone if you ask someone what kind of music they listen to this everyone says oh i listen to everything so you know that's a good point what 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 use do those labels have at this point because you're like oh i like rock music even something as broad as that it's like it could be anything alternative music like oh yeah i love alternative oh yeah what's your favorite band imagine dragons okay <laughs> much okay. like nice. every yeah, name is taking like a lot of the <laughs> the sounds have been taken so i think it's interesting that we keep seeing a lot of overlapping and kind of pushing of or melding of genres mm. like i like a lot of instrumentative metal metal bands that are adding you know digital sound effects and other types of stuff so they end up becoming these really weird mm. studio bands where I don't know if they'll be able to pull it off in a live setting, but right. either here or there, it doesn't make one better than the other. They just are different and they are who they are. Yeah. And one thing I think that's cool about like, even just speaking the local scene and Worcester County is like, like I said, we're We're buddies with clock out. Like yeah. who's a, a hardcore band, they're like, but we can, we're comfortable and like, we're on a bill with them. And then like, we're considered like indie grunge alternative. So like you have a lineup, that is each band is a completely different sound and it's dope. You know what I mean? It's so yeah, you go to yeah, a show a and you see a little bit of everything. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Are you getting a lot of crossover? That's interesting. So just, I would say from our experience, I mean, guys, if you want to input. Well I, mean, well, I mean like, yeah, we also, uh, we're also good friends with the guys in Zygmunt and they're kind of like a, mm. they're kind of like grateful dead, you know, they're like the jammy, but like, they're also very, like it, I feel like they don't like jam too hard. Like, and that's why I like them. I'm not a fan of jam bands. Yeah. And same. I mean, I guess you could call Sonic Youth a jam band, but I I don't see that. They're they're mm-hmm. droning. <laughs> yeah, there's like a lot of influence in middle grounds that we're meeting. Yeah. You guys it, see it, yourselves, it, including any other weird. I mean, you guys are all many instrument players. Like, can you see you adding other instruments or other odd things to the music going forward? The only thing I've ever thought about is like maybe adding another guitarist, but like, 
I kind of like where we're at right now. Just the three heads. It's easy. No, you know, nobody really butts heads with each other. So keeps it simple. Yeah. There you go. But I mean, in terms of like, I mean, we do get some, we, there's some variation in terms of the people we play with, but really all of it is, you know, solidly guitar based music, you know, uh, it's not so much, you know, we're not playing with like hip hop acts or, yeah. um, you know, a mariachi band, but uh, we totally should start though. I was going to say yeah, that's a bill, a hip hey. hop mariachi band. I hope that exists somewhere. Dude, to. there's got to be one somewhere. We played with a band that we played with a band that sounded like like the Lumineers once or twice. Really? Hey, yeah. <laughs> awesome! That's the only song I know by them. So that's the only thing. I thought of. Hey, that's Ron. You can tell that if you want. I know we were talking about it the other night. Brought them up. Yeah, best friends. Yeah. So um, we've played this. Uh, we played this show once where um, the Vernon got double booked. Like they had a show in the ship room and they had the show in the bar. And we were uh, just about ready to like start loading in. And I get a message on my phone saying like, Hey, uh, I saw that uh, you're playing at Ralph's tonight uh, or not Ralph's uh, the Vernon tonight. And I was like, yeah, are you coming? And he was like, no, we're playing there too. And I was like, you're not on our bill. Anyway, long story short, um, we end up uh, kind of like uh, just putting the shows together uh, cause one band from each of our lineups dropped. So it was e- easier just to put the two shows together. And, um, this one band, uh, that I was going to have open was like, kind of like an acoustic band. Like they had like an upright bass and acoustic guitar. And like, I think it was a tambourine player, but like. A man's wearing a full suit. Was yeah, it a they, dog? Awesome. Right out of the forties. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, you know what's this guy's get up and then they show up to the show late i tell them hey you're on and they take their time setting up and i'm like oh come on i'm just trying to get the show started but uh they end up playing their set and like i haven't really liked them since fast forward a few months later we're playing a show at starlight r.i.p and the roller skating place no 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 uh starlight starlight is an uh Sturbridge or Southridge? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I actually I went there a couple times. Oh, Skylight! I, I wish we could play a show at Skylight. I would love that. Oh, that's Skylight, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Skylight's gone too. Mm. Sad, but um, yeah. So anyway, we were playing a show at Starlight, and uh, halfway through the set, I see them, and I'm like, "Oh, what are they doing here? They're probably just here to, you know, check out the music scene." And then they're like grabbing like an, a piano or an or like an electric keyboard or something from the side of the set like while a band is playing i'm like what are these people doing and they're loading it into the front side where the bar is yeah. I'm like they're setting up to play a show are you kidding me they did this like two or three more times and i was just so sick of it they're like are they're my enemy <laughs> I'll, awesome. I'll say it's the band's enemy though that's so good so every yeah. time you guys play a show, this band just shows up and is like, I think we're going to play too. Yeah. Yeah. They don't room. know what we got beef. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know. Are, are they from around here? I think so. I don't know. They play at the I, Vernon quite a bit. The Vernon. We're not going to name drop to start beef. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't want like a, an East Coast, West Coast thing going down. Yeah. 
No, but it, it like the second time it happened, I was just like, "You got to be fucking kidding me!" <laughs> like, and then we just laughed. Like we're like, "All right, well, let's crank our shit. We're gonna play Mad Loud while they're in the other rooms that you can't hear." So the last time, the last time uh, they tried to play in the other room while we had a show going on, they were like waiting for us to like finish our set. So they were standing like in the doorway, and we we're like, "This is our last song." And then we play the song, we finish it. They go into the other room and we start playing. <laughs> we play like four or five more songs. We're just like, no, you guys aren't. <laughs> you guys aren't doing this again. Have we had any like really, you know, other rude bands that we've played with? Um, I don't know. Everyone's been pretty chill. I feel like that was like really the only band where I've had ever had a problem with. Mm-hmm. Wow, so you guys but, had it easy. We had a band yeah, that we, wouldn't shut up. Then the whole show <laughs> had to get like we were playing in a church, and uh, the whole show had to get fast forward. So they had to cut their set so that we could play, and the band after us could play. And they just kept going and going. So uh, we ended up setting up our gear right in front of them, um, literally just right in the middle of their set. <laughs> and uh, we set up the drums, and then their singer kicked the drum over and then we got into a fight and it was, it was a whole big thing. And then the whole show got shut down. Oh, man. So yeah, that band sucks. Uh, those are like, that was the worst in my, all my years of playing music. That was the mm-hmm. worst night. As soon as you said they were from Connecticut, I knew they were going to suck. Oh, I mean, so again, <laughs> my, my, and my, most of my shows were in Connecticut, but is what it is. We played a lot in um, Albany and Troy area. I feel like you guys would do well in that area too. There's a lot of like dive bar kind of places. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. The grungier the place, the grungier the music. So typically, the better the place. <laughs> like there was this tiny little club. I know I've told this podcast or the the people that listen to this podcast, but there was a spot in Maine called the Cave, ran by this woman Kathy, and she had bunk beds for the bands. She had a fucking pizza oven, and after the show, she would just crank out pizzas for everybody. So we were sitting there. I was hanging out with Agnostic Front, eating pizza that this woman Kathy was making. Does she let people live there? That'd be awesome. It's you get you get to stay <laughs> overnight, and then I think she kicks everybody out. But it's in a fucking barn behind her yeah. house. So you're like, where the fuck am I going? You're down this like bumpy road and it's a legit club. That's like sweet. hundred people club. Hell yeah. How many? 1500? Yeah. Probably maybe a thousand. It's a good size barn. Yeah. I'm born. Yeah. <laughs> huh. She's battling cancer. We, I follow her on Instagram. She's, <laughs> I aspire to be as cool as her in my days. I mean, back, to the- back to a scene. Back to that um, go-go show. Uh, it took place in a barn. Hell, that was right. Yeah. Um, and Toothy, um, they opened up. That was uh, one of Phil's former bandmates from Husks. Um, him and his buddy Josh, uh, they just did like this electronic, like synthy kind of music. It was pr- pretty cool. They were like up on like the balcony of this uh, barn and playing down towards all of us it was super cool they were awesome oh i totally just like fucked up my back they had this um skateboard attached to like this like bungee rope that was tied to the ceiling of the barn and it was like people were jumping off the balcony and like swinging up and down uh like back and forth and it was the coolest thing i was 
pretty drunk. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, I'm trying this. I'm going up there. I'm standing up there. I try it two or three times. I'm not really getting it. The last time I do it, I go up and I get to the top of like the parabola or yeah. And I lose my balance or I lose my grip and I start falling and I let go and I just slam down on my back and I like roughed up my back. I like scraped it up pretty good. And on the dirty, like barnwood floor, not a good time. Oh, that sounds sexy. Well, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, pretty hot. All right. Well, on that hot note, uh, where can people hear memory lames music right now? If they wanted to hear it? Um, well, I mean, you can look it up on Spotify. You can go to our band camp, band, band camp Fridays. You know, we got a little kickback from that. So if you guys wanted to actually purchase the music, which is pretty dope, uh, you guys can do that. Um, when we play shows again, like we're going to have CDs and like t-shirts and stuff. So you can grab a CD then, uh, what else do we have? We have, I think we're all, I think we're all over at the streaming sites, right? Yeah. We uh, are on Apple music. Um, yeah. Ron, I said Spotify, um, Bandcamp. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much anywhere. Is that live um, stream up that people can still watch or is that was yeah, one night only? It is. Yeah. Yeah. On the Facebook, right? Yeah, it's on Facebook. Facebook, yeah. Um, that's very lame on Facebook, and we should be up there. Yeah, we, and we do have um, our music video, too. Uh, one of our singles off off the record was called Fuck It, but they made it the YouTube as they do. is uh, You know, if you're 18 plus, you can watch this. They did that to us because it's called Fuck It. And, oh, um, yeah. but, that, but that was pretty cool. So they, we have that on YouTube as well. And, uh, and if we can so- find a way to get the live stream on YouTube, probably do that too oh yeah sounds good to me yeah thank you boys very much for joining i hope to come out to a show very soon yeah hell yeah <laughs> buy you guys some beers at ralph's sounds good can't can't beat the uh the dollar 50 jennies right <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah welcome back us to the show um and listeners and listeners who hopefully didn't leave Right? Yeah. You want them to stay from the beginning through the beginning, the interview, and then through the end. We are technically on the whole thing, but we recorded the interview, so we jumped into that. Then we came back to just us. Now now you know how the sausage is made. And by sausage, I mean podcast. Hey, this is the most sausage podcast. The most sausage podcast in (laughs) Worcester. But yeah, yeah, it uh, it was good to talk to the band good to talk to the boys and find out how they got started how they got the name band names always uh delight me to no end and hearing like old band names are always some of my favorite it's like listening to weird strains of cannabis i just i love it well because everything has a weird name and like there's so many names that are already used and now they have to like add these that's how we get to like uh and they will know us by the trail of dead or yeah like we're getting to these extra long names what was it like? Is it Rock and Shock, where the, all the all the bands have like their names are in like spider webs or something? I know yeah, like, I mean, that's not Rock and Shock, but I just remember like seeing the flyers for that and being like, "Oh, I can read three of these." <laughs> yeah, a lot of the black metal bands and like the real heavy stuff. Yeah, they like the scratch font. Yeah, it's wild. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about that world. I stick to 
I guess beer, they all have like weird names, but they're just, that can be named after anything. Much I don't like know, a band. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so shout out the Memory Lane guys for coming on. Super excited to catch you guys playing at Ralph's and probably the Vernon. Although Pretty I haven't much been any the show since we did our live show. It was the last time I was at the Vernon. That was three years ago. We just passed the um, anniversary of the account. I forgot to send you a message that it for was three years, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be the podcast started that what November, November. And then the live show was like four episodes in like sometime in December. Six. I remember that. It was the sixth episode, but yeah. Okay. It was, okay. I, it yeah, was, I it was we like, really early. Yeah. We're like, we're going, we're doing a live show. We're oh, no, I wanted to help out again. So talk no, about band days. Great fucking segue because my guitar player, Ivan was out here looking for a show and I was trying to book him a show and he was playing this instrument, interesting music, but like, I didn't know anybody in the scene around here at that point. Yeah. Now I know where I can connect him. But before I was like, man, I really want to help my dude, but I don't know where the hell to put him. Yeah. The easiest room to book in Worcester was because you just write your name on a calendar. You literally just walk up and pencil your name. So it does not surprise me that the Vernon gets double booked because some idiot can just scratch off your name on the calendar or just brow line underneath it and write their name too. Yeah. That's I, mental. That's, yeah. What a wild Oh, I wonder how God. the Vernon is going to be post-COVID. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to go to Memory Land play as we'll go. I got pizza from Milo Frankie's tonight, and like oh, cool. I was standing in there waiting for my pizza, like waiting to pick up, and half the people didn't have masks on. So we're in that like weird. Now that they've lifted the mandate, we're in that weird transition period where I had a mask on because I just felt weird going out without it. But yeah. Half the people I, didn't feel odd enough. I stopped yesterday. I, we picked up food from um, Lucky's Cafe. And I think the, I mean, everybody city, it's really small. I've never been there until yesterday. It was pretty Lucky's huge. Cafe. I used to meet yeah. my friend Jess there for breakfast. Really? It's a cool a, spot. Like It's a sweet little spot. Yeah. I've never been there before. Um, but their Instagram makes everything look so good. And I was like, I, I need this. Their Instagram is very good. Um, I didn't so yeah, so we stopped yesterday and picked up takeout and brought it back home. But, uh, yeah, the guy working and the woman working both had a mask on. We were going over a friend's house, um, the other night and I stopped to get beer or yesterday I was shooting over to a friend's house and they, the guy at the liquor store didn't have a mask on. And I didn't, I like got up and put the stuff down and I'm looking at it and I'm like, what is going on right now? Like I had one on, but like, I don't know. And then I look around, I'm like, I guess I'm kind of the only person that has this on in here. This is very strange. Dude, I got to tell you all about our vacation in Rhode Island last weekend. I got to tell the show because, yeah, it, they were a week ahead of us. So when we were out there, there were people already doing it. And oh, it was kind of wild. Dude, it was wild. Ooh. But people okay, so just have to tune into the next episode for I was going to say, we'll have to do another one and just let people know what's going on. But until then, you can find us on the interwebs at Hunchback Travis. Find me at Hustle and Work or find us at seltzertime.com. That's true. You guys can find me um, at uh, DickChuck77, every platform, doing it big, as the kids say. And bold. Doing it big and bold. And Seltzer Time Official, um, also doing it big and bold. Maybe even beautiful. I would, it depends, but not usually. 
I feel beautiful. I'm, I'm talking for myself. No, I know. And like you're on the videos, it's beautiful. And it's just me or a can of seltzer. It's like, well, well, well. Guys, also, for, I couldn't do anything cool this weekend because of the rain. Well, as I was saying, yeah, this has been a super bummer, but plan for content because Ricky and I are going to hang out and actually make TikToks again. I'm kind of it's like doodling sketches. Some cute stuff's about to happen. See you then. Bye.